0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production, now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.
1: After decades of making our name as the nation's leading carry-out-only pizza chain, Little Caesars is proud to announce its latest venture, Delivery. For years, they've brought customers delicious pizza at ridiculously good prices. So look out, world, something delicious is coming. Little Caesars is some big news. They now deliver from the creators of the $5 hot and ready pizza and the extra most bestest comes the latest and greatest pizza innovation, having it brought to your doorstep. Crazy, crazy amounts of toppings at the nation's best price. Now delivered. You can get the same Little Caesars pizza you love brought right to your door. Order it online or on the Little Caesars app. Now you don't even have to leave your house to enjoy our hot, delicious pizza. Claim of nation's best price is based on comparison to the following pizzas for the top four national pizza chains. Little Caesars custom top pizza with up to five of our toppings. And the other three pizza chains comparable large round standard menu custom top pizzas. Sold at everyday menu prices. Delivery available at participating locations only. Delivery fees apply. So come on. Get your little Caesars. It's being brought to your doorstep. You can't beat it. Oh, yeah, by the way, pizza, pizza.
0: Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave, this is Dan Patrick.
2: Hour two on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick show started the show by talking about the Astros, but we tried to move it forward. We're casting the movie for the Astros 2017, Sign Stealing Scandal. You can help us as well. We already have a couple of stars involved in this. We have to get a hold of their agents. Uh, Vin Diesel will play the role of Alex Cora, who's now uh, the recently fired Red Sox manager, but he was with the Astros. A.J. Hinch, uh, Woody Harrelson's going to play the role of uh, A.J. Hinch. Jose Altuve will be played by Jerry Ferrara, who played, uh, of course, Turtle in Entourage there. So that's sort of where we are right now. And, of course, our own Mario will play the role of Aaron Judge. Feel free to uh, send us your tweets and emails at Our email address, dp at Wait. Our Twitter handle at dpshow. And our email address, dp. You would think after all of these years, I'd be able to get this right. At dpshow on Twitter, dp at And I do remember the phone number. It's 877 3dpshow. Got a poll question, McLevin, for the first hour, and it's bleeding over to the second hour.
3: Yes, we do. But first off, we just got this note. How about the guy who played Tormund Giantsbane in Game of Thrones? Do you remember the red-headed character? He's a Hotels.com guy as Justin Turner. That's perfect. You have no idea what no, i I have it. no
2: idea what you're talking about.
3: America does, though. Okay. Okay, a decade <laughs> from now, who will most be known for the sign-stealing scandal? Choices being Rob Manfred, A.J. Hinch, Jeff Lunau, or Jose Altuve. 67% Jose Altuve. The next closest is Manfred at 26.
2: Yeah, I think that both those guys are going to own it the rest of their careers. It's been a tough week for uh, the commissioner. There's a growing consensus that he really needed to do more to punish the Astros for illegally uh, stealing these signs. But the real problem has been what he said. Instead of uh, projecting consistent strength, Manfred seems to be trying to figure out what's going on just like everybody else. You anyway, know, he called the World Series trophy a piece of metal. Now, he he since walked that back. Players didn't like that. And now the commissioner has a target on his back. I You know, it's strange to have a commissioner uh, take on the slings and arrows. You know, Roger Goodell has certainly done this. He's uh, made a lot of people angry, but he's made a lot of people a lot of money. And now Manfred is becoming the focal point, even more so than the players who cheated. And ironically, the players seem unaware that – Manfred's hands were tied by the Players Association. Or maybe they just don't care. The reality is, it's kind of irrelevant in the public discourse. Players are mad, fans are mad, everyone's mad, somebody has to pay, and maybe a lot more people have to pay, including the commissioner, Rob Manfred himself. I just saw where uh, Giancarlo Stanton says he'd hit 80 home runs or more if he uh, knew the signs, like the Astros did. According to the Yes Network, Stanton said. If I knew what was coming in 17, I would have hit 80-plus home runs. Uh, Let's see. Stanton goes on to say he has friends who play for the Astros. He has lost respect for them because of their role in the scandal. Uh, Does Stanton say anything about if he would stay healthy, he might be able to hit, like, 30 or 40 home runs for the Yankees? Where's he been? Yes, Fritzy.
1: You also want to say they should be stripped of the 2017 uh, championship and took issue with the sincerity of the apologies. Mm-hmm. To offer. Okay. All
2: right. I'm just waiting for one player. That's all I'm asking for. One player to say the following I'm really disappointed in our players' union sticking up, protecting those players who cheated. Because I, I can put blame on that players' union because you are protecting. One team or a group of players from all the other players in the union. I know you're paid to do that. But, you know, the commissioner saying my hands were tied. Nothing I could do. Players Association probably saying, hey, our hands were tied. We have to protect these players, even though they're cheaters. Nobody has said anything about Tony Clark and the players union here. Because that's what the commissioner is saying. I couldn't do anything about this. Because I had to give them immunity. Now, I don't believe he had to get immunity. I think he could have gotten enough information from somebody. I do yeah, he
4: that Right, the, the players' union did their job. Yeah. And so if I'm a player, I'm looking at the other players for, like, why did you put all of us in this situation? Yeah. You guys are the one that stole signs. You yeah. guys are the ones that forced the players' union to defend you.
2: I just think that the commissioner, look, does he deserve criticism? Yes, because I don't think he handled it well. The Astros didn't handle it well. Nobody's handled this well. Even the players on some of these teams who are complaining about this haven't handled it well. It's, it's low-hanging fruit. I'm going to rip the Astros. All right. Are you going to be a whistleblower if somebody's cheating on your team? And the answer is no, you're not. You know, Just vacate the title. All right? Move on. Nobody gets the title. That's it. Just vacate it.
4: Yes. Could you ever imagine Roger Goodell in the middle of some huge cheating scandal being like, hey, what, what do you want me to do? I, okay, nobody got punished, but at least we found out what they did. He would never do that. He would never give away all of his power
2: like that, not in a million years. The commissioner over-punishes. Yes, McLovin.
3: Wait, is Seton defending Roger Goodell for invading the players' privacies to investigate uh, stories here? I thought you hated him for taking everyone's phone into play-gate.
4: No, well, well, yeah, of course. I think taking everybody's phone into Flategate was ridiculous, but at least he did his job. At least he was like, no, I'm going to go after this and investigate people. And while maybe his methods of doing that weren't exactly great uh, and I don't really care for his scandals, but at least he didn't just stand there and and sort of like give away all of his power and say, I don't know what you want me to do. I I can't do anything here.
2: Uh, The commissioner did uh, apologize for disrespecting the trophy that is the commissioner's trophy. Here's Rob Manfred. I referred to the World Series trophy in a disrespectful way. And I want to apologize for that. There's no excuse for it. Um, I made a mistake. I was trying to make a point, but I should have made it in a more effective way. And, again, I want to apologize for it. I will say this. You know, I've awarded five World Series trophies. Um, There is no greater pleasure in this job than awarding that trophy. I
3: understand what it means. And, again, it was a mistake to say what I said.
2: All right. Okay. Great. Apology accepted. I mean, At some point, we have to move on from this. And I don't know if once we start playing real baseball games, I don't know what happens in May when the Yankees come to Houston. I mean, it'll be far more interesting and compelling when the Astros go to New York in September. I don't know if somebody's going to throw at these Astros hitters. To me, I hope they don't. But somebody's going to because somebody's got to pay a price here. Now the commissioner has to come out and protect the cheaters, who he's already protected by giving them immunity. Now he's saying, hey, don't pick on the cheaters. He just can't wait for games to start.
0: Yeah, Paul. You would be so much cooler than throwing a pitch at an Astros hitter if the catcher taps a guy on the, on the leg and says, two, and puts a two down right on national TV and puts the signal for the next pitch right in front of his face. And says, Here's the, here it is. You know, like, that's how you embarrass him. If you throw at him. That's, that's cheap. It doesn't need to be done. But just put your signal right in front of his face on national TV on a national TV game.
2: A couple of phone calls here, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Mel Kuyper, draft expert, will join us coming up. Mel's got three quarterbacks taken in the top five. I still think somebody's going up to get one of these quarterbacks. I don't know if Detroit is going to still be at the number three position. Are they going to take Tua? What do you do with Matthew Stafford? I do believe there's something going on in Detroit. I do, uh, and the reason I say that is you know how far you can go with Matthew Stafford. I'm not going to put all the blame on Matthew Stafford, but they're sort of a neutral team at best. Now, d- to win in the NFL, you need that rookie quarterback contract, and Detroit needs that. You're going to take a big, you know, cap hit with Stafford uh, with his salary. I get that. Uh, you know, just the, do the Chargers jump up there. Miami, are they getting nervous where they might not get the guy they wanted five? But I think there's some intrigue there, so we'll talk to Mel uh, Mel, Mel Kuyper. Also, Joe Burrow saying he had leverage. What does that mean to Mel Kuyper? He'll join us coming up in about uh, 10 minutes here. Barbara in Los Angeles joins us. Hey, Barb. Hey, good morning. How
5: are you?
2: Good. What do you have? Well,
5: um, okay, so weighing in, to answer your questions, when are we going to be over this? when they get the punishment they deserve. So you need to vacate the trophy. There's no question about it. You need to take the rings back, not even open for discussion. And you need to ban them from the All-Star game because who wants to see these idiots play? Nobody. And then you need to start a GoFund account for Fred so he grows a pair. All
2: right. Thank you, Barb. Cracker. Well, fans aren't going to vote for these players for the All-Star game. That'd be the least of my worries, that the Astros would be going to the All-Star game. It. Like, what, what is enough... Punishment for you. That's what I'd like to know. Of all these players who competed against him. What like, what, what, would satisfy Aaron Judge? What would satisfy Mike Trout? What would satisfy Cody Bellinger? That's what I'd like to know. N- now you're going to say suspend them? Okay. Well then, hey, how about you go talk to your own union and tell them not to stand in the way of them being suspended? Because that's the reason why they're not being suspended. You take away the trophy? Okay. I'm fine. Take away the trophy. Take away the
0: rings. Okay. What is it that's going to placate people so they
2: move forward with this?
0: Yeah, Paul. If you were the reporter, though, talking to Judge and Stanton, the Yankees guys, the other day, would you follow up with a question, should the Yankees have their 2009 World Series stripped? Because Alex Rodriguez, a two-time proven cheater, hit 400 in the postseason. Because you can't have one without the other. If you start taking away stripping titles... From three years ago, what's the magic date that you don't want, no longer strip titles for proven cheaters? Yeah, I know.
2: It's it's a rabbit hole that you don't want to go down, but we're sort of forcing ourselves to go down there because everybody's being hypocritical. You know? Uh Richard in South Carolina. Hey, Richard, welcome to the program. Good morning, D.B. Good morning, sir. Five
1: eight one eighty seven. My question: um, Then they're going to take. The trophy from Astros, is this going to go down in the record books as being a contested series
3: with no winner, or are they going to reward the trophy to the
5: Dodgers and say you are the winners of the 2017 World Series?
2: That ain't happening. That ain't happening. I just vacated. I think he was talking through a soup can, it felt like. You know, when you put a string on a soup can and then you talk to somebody else, it, it sounded like
0: that. Sounded like an old-time baseball broadcast from the 30s. And here's
2: Babe Ruth. And the Yankees are down 3-2 in the ninth <laughs> inning. And there's a drive. And it could be. It is. It's gone. And the Yankees win. Uh, let me see Adam in Indiana. Hi, Adam. What do you have for me today?
4: Personally, uh, personally I hope uh, my dolphins go up and get Chase Young. But on another story, this is coming from your hometown, But on the Reds radio network, they had a poll here just about when all this broke out. About would you be okay with uh, the Reds cheating in order to get a World Series? And it was overwhelming (laughs) that the fan base said that it was okay. Of
3: course. (laughs) Thank you, Adam. Yes, MikeLevin. Like you can't answer a poll like that
2: <laughs> you can't and
3: you might be okay, but you can't say it.
2: well, you haven't heard any of the Reds players calling out the Astros, have you?
3: Well, I don't know, I, know if they they probably are just like the Reds players can anyone name a Reds player that I, would make the news Joey vato he's Joey still playing Votto. baseball?
2: yeah, I think he's so. a good player yeah. yeah I'm just kidding Canadian
3: Joey Votto? yeah, he's and he's always so outspoken. I'm sure he's Votto. the guy. who's gonna- <laughs>
2: How about, can you do this in individual markets where uh, Cheetos has, uh, like you could have a Cheetos promotion at the ballpark, the Crunchy Cheetos? I
1: would what be you, shocked if they haven't already got that going. Somehow. What do you think?
2: I what do you think? It. It's Cheetos Day where everybody gets a packet of Cheetos if you go in there. I mean, harmless, I, it's harmless. So it gets the point across. Yeah, I don't mean to be you know doing the marketing for uh, Cheetos, but just saying if you wanted to have some fun there. You could. Uh, Todd called Cheetos. See if they're. uh, they're, they're Take my idea here. Gary in Iowa joins us. Hi, Gary.
3: Hi, DB. This is Gary. I'm in Iowa. Hey, Gary in Iowa. I'm six foot, 240,
5: soft. I had a a question. Uh, You know, at the beginning of the year, we were talking about juice balls and how the balls were juiced. and all this. Well, I just wonder, how much did the cheating scandal and people that know what pitches are coming, how, how much does that play into some of those, that juice ball theory? That would be my question. Thank you, fritzy You're great. Suck it back row. All
2: righty. That would mean McLovin, unless he doesn't realize that McLovin and Fritzie are confused. in the back row.
3: Yes. You know, some people think suck it back row is like a shout out to the back row. I'm positive about that. Like, yeah, that's suck it back row. What about so <laughs> <laughs> many people are saying it? Uh, my interpretation, anyway.
4: It depends on the inflection, but
2: there is some of that. Hey, suck it back
0: row.
4: It's a nice thing. Yeah. Huh. It What's is funny, it? though, when like, we'll be out somewhere at like the Super Bowl or something, and uh, some random dude will be like, Oh, my God, the Danettes! can I get a picture? And you're like, Yeah, sure, of course. He's like, All right, stuck it back row. And two faces sour. Like, through this when guy. it's accompanied
1: by a high five of us <laughs> after they say it, and it seems more playful yeah. than everything else. Uh, uh, suck it back row, give me some.
2: Yeah. Uh, more phone calls coming up. By the way, it looks like uh, the Cavs are dumping John Beeline. That didn't go well, did it? And I at the time... You know, Michigan was coming off this unbelievable tournament run. And and John Beeline took the job the day before we knew what the order was with the draft lottery. You know, that's where you take the job, or you may not take the job, because if you get Zion, then all of a sudden, that's a pretty coveted job. Now the Cavs don't win the lottery. You've taken the job there. And I get it. You know, from what I was told, you know, he kind of looked around and didn't like what was going on with college basketball. I don't know what he was thinking the last ten years with college basketball, but looking around, going, you know, I just don't, I don't want to be trying to do this, and you know, how you have to bend rules to to try to get players in and eligible and transfers, and and this is just what I was told with Coach, and you know, he's sixty-six years of age, probably saying, if I don't do this, if I don't try it now, I'm never going to try it. Kids in college have to be coached. The players in the NBA don't want to be coached. Or the young ones, it feels like, don't want to be coached. They need to be coached. Look at fundamentals in in basketball. They haven't improved. They've gotten worse. And John Beeline is a teacher. He is – But I can teach you for 30 games, 82 games, After a while, you tune, you know, the the Laker players did that with Pat Riley. And Riles wasn't a college coach. He was meticulous, and he worked them hard. And after a while, they you know, they tuned him out. But he's the sixth head coach in the last seven years for Cleveland. That's why when you look at stability, look at the Browns, look at the Cavaliers. I mean, that's why they're not any good. Find a coach, I mean, that's really hard to do. You find the right coach, then you got players like Brad Stevens in Boston. He's a good coach. You know, he was saddled with Kyrie Irving. He didn't want Kyrie Irving. You come from Butler, you want to get players who are going to play as a team. And, And I said all along, Boston was always better without Kyrie than they were with him. And Kyrie's a wonderful talent. But Brad Stevens has done a good job. You know, patino he's a control freak. He didn't do well in the NBA. Calipari, you know, when he was in the NBA with the Nets. You know, these guys are so used to controlling everything. That's why when Coach K was thinking about coaching the Lakers years ago, and I went, oh, my God, what is he thinking? But you get that point. You know, these coaches have a midlife crisis as well where they go, gosh, I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to do this. And then you get the money. But John Beeline is a college coach, plain and simple, college coach there's certain guys where you go, there is no way that guy will do well. You know, and this is probably going back to the early 80s where, you know, you got these guys who are just, that's what they do. And John Beeline was not the right guy for that job. Now, he looked at that team and said, well, they're young guys. Hey, I love coaching. He always got more out of his team than you ever thought. Always. Now, if he got Zion, he'd still be coaching there. But Colin Sexton, does he want to listen to John Beeline? And the answer is no. Kevin Love wants out of there. You know, Tristan Thompson, Larry Nance. Like, what do you have there? I don't take the job the day before the lottery. I take the job after the job or after the lottery, maybe. Although, if you got Zion, would he have gotten the job the day after the lottery? Yeah, Paul.
0: The Cavs and the Michigan Wolverines made a big mistake here. Yeah, the Cavaliers should have traded Beeline back to Michigan for Juwan Howard. You bring in a guy who wanted to be a head coach in the pros, who's about 25 years younger, and he takes over the Cavaliers. Or you trade Beeline to Georgetown and get Patrick Ewing to be a head coach in the NBA.
2: I like that we're trading coaches now. Is there a coaching portal that you could send him back to college there? But uh, John Beeline uh, is done with the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's 20 after the hour. More phone calls coming up on the Astros. We'll take a break, talk a little football. I'm curious what Mel Kuyper made of Joe Burrow's comments about Having leverage going into this draft. What kind of leverage does uh, Mel think he's talking about? 20 after the hour, this is the Dan Patrick Show.
1: Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Once again, it's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. Geico.com. How much money are you paying in interest on your credit cards every month? Too much? Then why not consolidate your credit cards into just one payment at a lower fixed rate and start saving money now. It's easy with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Rates are as low as 5.95% APR with autopay. You could even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. I heard about Lightstream through a radio program advertisement. I'm so glad I had the courage to reach out and try their service. Top-notch customer service and support, very streamlined process, no issues or regrets. Just for our listeners, apply now to get a special interest rate discount. Save even more. The only way to get this discount, go to lightstream.com slash L I G H T S T R E A M L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash Patrick. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes 0.5% auto-pay discount. Terms and conditions apply, and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit Lightstream.com slash Dan Patrick for more information. Once again, I urge you, visit Lightstream.com slash Dan Patrick for more info.
2: The Great Mel Kiper will join us coming up. Some people have uh, tweeted to me, the 2020 baseball all-star game is at Dodger Stadium. Boy, I'd love to be the public address announcer for that one. You could get a little snarky with that, and it's shortstop, <laughs> a man who doesn't like to take off his shirt because he's got a bad tattoo. Say hello to Jose <laughs>
0: Altuve.
2: Yeah, we're not going to hear any applause there. Yeah, Paul.
0: Let's all show, show, him the, show him the sign for fastball, if you know what I mean.
2: <laughs> Middle finger there for Jose Altuve. It's a fastball coming your way. Yes,
1: Tom. Did you hear a thing?
2: Now, you, that, you know, that's where you bring out your bag of Cheetos there. It's Cheetos, you know, at the All-Star game there. I'm telling you, we got, I'm a marketing genius here. Cheetos. All right, uh, we'll talk to – is Mel joining us at the bottom of the hour? Yeah, he's going to call us in a couple minutes. Okay, we'll get some more phone calls uh, coming up here. Um, you know, these mock drafts are coming out fast and furious, and you'd think that after last season, most writers <laughs> would at least get the number one pick right. And uh, Joe Burrow coming off one of the greatest seasons in college football history. The Bengals appear to need a quarterback, so this should be easy. But Burrow has said some interesting things, certainly to me during our interview at the Super Bowl. He has since doubled down on that to say he's got leverage here going into the draft. Hey, the Bengals got to do their process and I have to do my process. What process do you have? Unless your process is, I'd like to get out of being the number one pick to the Bengals. Um, you know, he pointed out that he has leverage. And if you think about leverage, you think about pulling an Eli Manning. You refuse to go to the Bengals. I have to believe that Jordan Palmer, brother of Carson Palmer, who was working with Joe Burrow, that Carson Palmer has had or will have some kind of impact on this. If Joe Burrow decides that he doesn't want to go to the Bengals because Carson Palmer famously quit playing football rather than playing for the Bengals. So, uh, I, I, I just have to...
0: <laughs> when you say it like that, and, and I know it's true, but his, his choice was to play professional football or stay home. Yeah. And he stayed home for yes. a year. Yes, he did. I, I just... <laughs> and, and, the, and the guy who... Okay, just stay with me. The guy who uh, stayed home instead of playing for the Bengals, his brother is training yes. Joe Burrow. Yeah. There seems like a connection there.
2: And then T.J. Hushmanzada, who played for the Bengals, is also on record is talking about Hopefully, we'll, somebody will, uh, like Miami, will spend their draft capital to go up there and get Joe
3: Burrow. Yes, McLeod. I mean, Carson Palmer really was getting up there, though. He was, old. I mean, he was all of 30 years old when he decided to walk away you from... <laughs> <laughs> Did you think he was old by the wait, time he was, wait, old, he, was he was the same age as Taysom Hill? Yes. He wasn't even started throwing a dozen passes. Maybe 31, but he was still super young. He's it felt like he was older.
2: I think he's 31, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mel Kuyper's mock draft has Joe Burrow going number one overall, Tua going third, Justin Herbert going fifth. So that would mean Tua to the Lions, Herbert to the Dolphins. Three times in NFL history have three or more quarterbacks been selected within the draft's top top five picks. Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, and Achilles Smith. That was 1999. Back in 1971, Jim Plunkett, Archie Manning, and Dan Pastorini that was 1-2-3. Couch and McNabb and Achilles Smith, that was 1-2-3 as well. And then back in 1954, quarterbacks hit, you never heard of. But uh, this has the potential to have three in the top five. Yeah, McLeod. So
3: the famous John Elway, Dan Marito draft wasn't even as quarterback rich. I guess that was.
2: Well, the whole first round was. Yeah,
3: but they didn't go that high. I, I, see, I In my mind, that was like the highest quarterback to have ever gone, but I guess not at all.
2: Well, you had Elway who went. Number one, yeah, Blackledge is high. I remember that. Tony Eason, Jim Kelly, and you had Marino at the end of the first round.
3: Yeah, I guess Ken O'Brien. If you, yeah.
2: it, Ken O'Brien, if you redrafted the '84 draft, is Elway going one, or is Marino going one? Today's NFL, you know, that'd be a toss-up. I think I would love to see Marino in today's NFL. Just. Because, you know, what he did when he was doing it, it was nobody was doing that.
3: Yeah, McLeod. You know, everyone always asks, how would you redraft the Eli, Ben, uh, Philip Rivers draft?
2: Well, I think that comes down to Eli or Ben, doesn't it? I guess. I don't know. Not in the regular season, though. Let's ask uh, Mel Kuyper, draft expert. His uh, new draft, uh, draft was released yesterday, available on ESPN+. Plus. We'll get to that in a moment, Mel. Thanks for joining us. If I redrafted 1984, how do you think the quarterbacks would? Would Marino or Elway? They'd be still vying for that number one spot. Who would you take?
5: Well, that was eighty-three, Dan. So eighty-three. I Three draft. I think when you look back on it, it would obviously be John Elway. I would still put, I thought he was one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Once he certainly, after he won those two Super Bowls at the end, after losing the three, uh, uh, to me, I think you look at John Elway with the physical talent and the gifts he had, and then to have all that pressure on him, knowing how great Marino was right away, and John Elway was not. I saw John Elway as a ruggle, struggle mightily uh, that first year, where Marino did not, once he got that starting job. and so the, Imagine living in today's era, what they would have been sending about John Elway with Marino at the end of the first round being so good and and phenomenal and John Elway struggling but then to do what he did I think was pretty amazing so I would still put Elway uh, and, and Marino and Kelly we're right in that in that probably I'd probably go Elway, Kelly, Marino, Elway, Marino, Kelly, because Kelly did get to all those Super Bowls and nearly won one. Really could have won one very easily, and if that would have happened, maybe would have won more. So I would say those three, uh, with Elway one because of winning two Super Bowls, that gives him the edge, Dan, over everybody else in that draft
2: if Marino was coming out now, I mean, there were rumors why he fell to the end of the first round because he was, he was NFL ready with just his arm, his whole style, his demeanor there. Uh, Why do you think he fell to the dolphins at the end of the first
5: round? Well, there was, I remember being at the Senior Bowl that year, being down in Mobile, and uh, he was down there, Dan was, and uh, you had other quarterbacks who, you know, were really highly rated. Keep in mind, Todd Blackledge went in the top ten that year after the success he had at Penn State. Tony Eason, Champagne Tony, went out of Illinois with Mike White, went in the middle of the first round ahead of Dan Marino, as did uh, Ken O'Brien out of Cal Davis, went ahead of Dan uh, Marino. So what happened was, I think when people start getting down for whatever reason, didn't have the great final year and whatever, Mm -hmm. and there were some inconsistent is there it's expectations there. and when you don't see what you think you're going to see, and other quarterbacks are out there wowing you, everybody kind of gets the, you know. I don't know if they say get down on a player, but they're kind of a little disappointed or they feel like he's dropped a bit. Then rumors, as you remember all the rumors that were going around that year, uh, that all you know, factors in, and then there you go. And then when teams start passing, I don't think that impacts anybody's grade on a player. You know, don't, you don't see a guy dropping. You say, well, I'm going to pass on him and go with the guy I have lower. That doesn't happen. But to see, I think for me to see, I remember that going back to that year. I had Marino higher than that, uh, but ahead of Blackledge and ahead of Davis, um, excuse me, ahead of O'Brien, out of Cal Davis. I think that was the shocker. Once you saw Blackledge go that high, and then you saw Ken O'Brien go, and there's Dan Marino still sitting on the board for Miami. That was the amazing part of it, that there was such a gap between Todd Blackledge out of Penn State and Dan Marino out of Pitt. Uh, and, of course, Dan, I know, was fired up, and that motivated him throughout <laughs> his career to know, you know what went on that year. And it motivated Aaron Rodgers, too. Remember, he had to sit and then and, and wait. Others have had to do that, too. Remember, Brett Favre went in the early second round. He was projected to be a one. So it's happened to quarterbacks before, Dan, it so happens that some of these quarterbacks that Been spectacular. Uh, You know, didn't go as early as a lot of people thought they should have after their career was over.
2: If you redrafted the Eli Ben Phillip Rivers.
5: Yeah, I'd still go. I said this then. If I, I said if any of those three quarterbacks are a bust, I would say, boy, I would have been shocked. That I thought all three were going to be good. I think Eli's two Super Bowls, get him in the Hall of Fame. Um, you think about Rivers not being to a Super Bowl, so that Eli would be ahead of Rivers. Ben would be one. If he had to redraft that, Ben would be one. Yeah, uh, yeah with two Super Bowl wins. Ben would be one. I'd put Eli two and Philip three.
2: Yeah, I'd probably put Phillip Rivers in there second and Eli third. Um Phillip Rivers was a really good regular season quarterback. Eli was not a great regular season quarterback. Ben has been a good regular. Like, I, if I'm just looking at the talent that I saw there, um, you know, Ben, we just, we weren't quite sure about Ben because he was at Miami of Ohio. Eli playing at Ole Miss, Phillip Rivers at NC State. These aren't, you know, football powerhouses there, but I think just that Philip Rivers, had a great regular season. It's just we, you know, we measure our quarterbacks by postseason. So that's why Ben and and Eli would be, you know, higher than him.
5: Say, yeah, certainly the winning the, the big games and the money games, Dan, and winning Super Bowls and taking out New England twice. I think the fact that Belichick and Brady, two iconic figures, uh, the best in the business, the best in the history of the game, coaching-wise and quarterback-wise, to take out and, remember, ruined that undefeated season. Miami Dolphins wouldn't have had the greatest season ever had it not been for Eli Manning beaten New England. Uh, so they were ready to make history. So, and, and you get on that run, as he did, with not a great team. Remember, his teams weren't great. They say, well, he wasn't. but well, his was teams weren't great during the regular season. Uh, and he had to go on the the road and win some games against top-level quarterbacks. So I think when you look at Eli Manning, the fact that he did it twice, had he done it once, then I'd have been with you. I'd have put Rivers ahead of Eli. Okay. But the fact that he did it twice with New England and Belichick and Brady, um, I think is the reason why I would give him the edge. Phil had some really good teams and didn't get it done in the playoffs. You can't blame it all on Phillip, uh, but the fact of the matter is there were some pretty good teams that uh, even a couple years ago, that team that came to Baltimore and won, held on, remember Lamar came on in the fourth quarter, got him back in the game. That team, everybody thought, had a shot prior to the playoffs to be a Super Bowl team and they didn't get it done. So I think because of that, never even being to a Super Bowl, uh, let alone winning, and Eli getting to two and winning both against New England. That's the exclamation point against those great New England teams, against a team that was ready to make history uh, over the Dolphins, and to take them out twice I think is the reason why I would give Eli the slight edge over Philip Rivers.
2: What do you think Joe Burrow's game plan is here? I just think right now he's going to, you know, a
5: lot of this talk, Dan, I said this yesterday throughout the day on ESPN, I think a lot of the talk came from others that were bringing it up, They're like, you know, here Carson Palmer drafted number one by the Bengals, you know, Steve Bartkowski brought up after being with the Atlanta Falcons, so it's all been brought up by others who were in situations that weren't necessarily the greatest or whatever when they were coming out of college, or however you want to look at that, uh, but I think the pile on and, and take shots at the Bengals is unfair, I, I think just looking back at their history, say they've never had quarterbacks that have had success. Kenny Anderson got to a Super Bowl and lost to the 49ers. Uh, yeah, Boomer Esiason got to a Super Bowl and lost to the 49ers when Joe Montana had that great drive and then to pass to Taylor to win it late in the game. Uh, when they thought they had a chance to beat the 49ers, it looked like they were going to beat the 49ers. You think about Carson Palmer. He got hurt in the playoff game when he was hit by Kimo uh, Van Olhoffen. So, And then you think about Andy Dalton. He had success. And, you know, he was, like, almost beat the Steelers. It wasn't his fault they lost that 18-16 game to the Steelers. Okay? So I think the quarterbacks that have been there have had success. So but Burrow is much talking much? about
2: leverage. He has leverage. What leverage well, does he have?
5: Well, he's not talking He's talking about that after it was all brought up. Remember, initially he was saying, hey, I'll be happy to be a Bengal. He's an Ohio kid, Dan. I mean, do you, re- do you really want any negativity about a city you're going to and a team organization you're going to cropping up now? If you're going in there, you want to be the toast of the town when you're selected. But why didn't Unless he, he
2: going- say that? Why doesn't he well, just say, I can't please- wait to be a Bengal?
5: Well, he said that initially, and then I think everybody's putting thoughts in his mind, and those thoughts are coming from outside sources. What he needs to do is step up and say, "No, I'm gonna. If I'm the Bengal, I'm happy. If he, I think he needs to address that at some point because unless you're planning on pulling a power play like John Elway did and like Eli Manning did, unless you're planning to go all the way, there's no in between here, Dan. I know you know if you're either going all the way, you're all in, and I want out, or you're either all Bengal. So you're either all Bengal or you're all out and say, "I'm not playing there. I want. I'm not gonna." So you can't be in the middle ground because you want to be like I said, you want to be the toast of the town. They want you want those fans to celebrate you coming there. And you want them to start buying your jerseys. As soon as they know what number, buy that jersey. Okay? So again, I, I think he needs to address this now and get that over with because he's going to be a Bengal the way it looks right now and uh, why come in with any negativity like unless you're going to do what John Elway did remember he had baseball and keep in mind too Ernie of course he was ready to get that deal done the owner traded him without Ernie's knowledge Ernie of course he was ready to get that deal done with John Elway and he'd have been a Baltimore Colt not a Denver Bronco so that trade was a steal for the Broncos because Ernie didn't make that trade so again that was a different circumstance different era then you think about what happened with Eli well you had three quarterbacks who were all pretty much interchangeable in that draft. Okay, Eli, uh, Ben, and Phillip were all pretty much interchangeable. So the Chargers are pretty happy to get Philip Rivers. They weren't like saying, oh, jeez, we got a guy with a much lower grade. at the same grade. This year you have the, the, the with compounds. What complicates matters is Tua's injury. Tua has three lower extremity injuries. You don't know, know, durability-wise, how his career is going to go. Okay? And then you think about the third quarterback, Justin Herbert. Some think he's very overrated in the top ten, let alone at the number one spot. So there's not a situation like it was with Eli, Phillip, and Ben. This is not that case. Burrow had a phenomenal year. He is ready to go, and there's nothing really that, that he's clean coming in. Two is not because of the medical. We still don't know what the medical is going to be on him. So it's not like Cincinnati can give up on Burrow and go to plan B that they're going to feel phenomenal about right now because we don't know what the final medic was on Tua. And as I said, there's a lot of mixed opinion on Justin Herbert.
2: If Tua was healthy, finish that sentence.
5: Mm-hmm. If Tua was healthy, he'd be in the discussion to be the number one pick. You can't say he defended Todd, will say,
3: Todd McShay will say he definitively would be. I'm
5: not ready to do that because I think that, first of all, we don't know how he finished the year. We don't know that. That would have been important, Dan. How he finished the daggone year would have mattered. Yeah. Well, he wasn't able to finish the year. Okay, He got hurt for the third time. The third time, not the first time. Two ankle injuries, one to the left, one to the right, now hip. Okay? We don't know what the medical is going to end up coming back with come late April. We don't know what that's going to be. So to make that statement... You can make it now. Nobody can prove you are wrong because you say, hey, had he been at weight, he's not healthy. It's like saying if Drew Brees was healthy, he'd have been, well, You know, would he have been the Miami Dolphin? Yes, he would have been a Miami Dolphin, but he wasn't a Miami Dolphin because there was a shoulder injury question, and Miami passed on him, and he ended up in New Orleans. So had he not had a shoulder question, history would have been rewritten. Drew Brees would have never been a saint. Nick Saban probably would have never coached at Alabama because he would have had success at Miami with Drew Brees, and history would have been rewritten there, Dan. So I don't think you can answer that question except to say it's a fantasy league question that we'll never know because things worked out in a not a positive way he didn't finish the year healthy and now we don't know what he's going to be moving forward hopefully if you're optimistic as I try to be and you think everything's going to be positive he's going to be a guy as I said all day yesterday the teams I think will want to trade ahead of Miami to get that would be the Chargers at six, could be Carolina, could drop down a little further down to the Raiders in the Annapolis Colts. They could be looking to move up there, which would force Miami at five. And if all the medical is positive, and we hope it is on Tua, that would force Miami to go up from five to four. And they could deal with the judge or go for, as I've projected, five to three with yeah. the Detroit Lions. That would force them to do that because if they sit at five, they could lose it to somebody else.
2: You're in midseason form already.
5: Dan, it's a process, pal. Hey, <laughs> you know how it goes,
2: man. Great to talk to you, Mel. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate your time as always. Always
5: a pleasure, Dan. You're the best, pal. Thank, Thank
2: you, everybody. Mel Kuiper. Mel Hyper. I think we got to change his name to Mel Hyper, draft, draft expert. His uh, latest mock draft released yesterday, available on ESPN Plus. We'll take a break here. We'll come back more phone calls and uh, we'll dissect some of the things that he had to say about these three quarterbacks. There. Back after this from the Dan Patrick Show.
1: After decades of making our name as the nation's leading carry-out-only pizza chain, Little Caesars is proud to announce its latest venture, Delivery. For years, they've brought customers delicious pizza at ridiculously good prices. So look out, world, something delicious is coming. Little Caesars is in big news. They now deliver from the creators of the $5 hot and ready pizza and the extra most bestest comes the latest and greatest pizza innovation, having it brought to your doorstep. Crazy, crazy amounts of toppings at the nation's best price. Now delivered. You can get the same Little Caesars pizza you love brought right to your door. Order it online on the Little Caesars app. Now you don't even have to leave your house to enjoy our hot, delicious pizza. Claim of nation's best price is based on comparison of the following pizzas for the top four national pizza chains. Little Caesars custom top pizza with up to five of our toppings. And the other three pizza chains comparable large round standard menu custom top pizzas. Sold at everyday menu prices. Delivery available at participating locations only. Delivery fees apply. So come on, get your little seasons. It's being brought to your doorstep. You can't beat it. Oh, yeah, by the way, pizza, pizza. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. Once again, it's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today, geico.com. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcast1.com. Clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show.
2: Uh, May we all have the energy of Mel Kiper with our jobs. My goodness. I think I asked four questions in ten minutes. A couple of uh, phone calls here. Dave in New York joins us. Hi, Dave. What's on your mind today? Hi, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Sure.
5: Um, My peak was 5'10", 170. So how about a postseason ban for the Astros? And that includes postseason awards. For two years, one of the big reasons players become professionals and and
2: compete at the highest level is is for championships and, and the accolades that go along with it. And if you just take that away from them for two years, I can't think of anything, anything more diminishing to them. Yeah, but then you're going to have you know the regular season. What's the regular season mean? Are uh, the Astros are going to be all in on the regular season? Uh, competitive balance and those kind of things. But I'm, I'm okay with these suggestions. Thank you, Dave. If, if the Players Association is not going to allow you to punish the players and the general consensus is the Astros got away with it, then fine. I mean, I have no vendetta against the the Astros. They got away with it? Okay, you got away with it. You know, the whole you have to live with this? I'm not buying that. The analogy I used was I'm a bank robber, and I'm going to rob the bank. I get to keep the money, and the shame is I don't go to jail. Uh, You just put my picture in the paper. That guy's a bank robber. Meanwhile, you know, I got to keep the money. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Let me see. Mike in Pennsylvania. Hi, Mike. What do you have for me today?
5: Good morning, Dan. Big Mike from Dover, Pennsylvania. I was calling to support Dusty
2: Baker's plea to the commissioner to protect his uh, batters from being pitched at. And the reason why I'm supporting Dusty Baker's statement is that Dusty said that in America, anything that you do illegal is penalized. And I agree with him. And
3: so. In saying that, I think he threw his players under the bench, and I, I think that he, that the players should be penalized. But thanks to Dusty, he made me more aware of
5: that.
2: Yeah, their pitchers are going to take matters into their own hands, and they're going to. feel, You know, if I'm an Astro or if I'm a Dodger pitcher or I'm a Yankee pitcher, do I think twice about this? Maybe I only think once about it, and then I drill somebody. But to me, that doesn't bring anything back. Like you don't okay, I hit Jose Altuve, then what? Do you then go, you know, I feel a whole lot better. We as a fan yes. base, do you think so? Yes. <laughs> it's going to be temporary. Yeah,
1: time. <laughs> If you hit somebody and by accident you seriously injure that person, then, then where are we with, with that? You made, you made a statement, now this person, maybe career could be over because you hit him in the face by accident.
2: But, but don't we uh, always credit hockey and baseball? They police their own sports. We, you know, we don't say that about football and we don't say that about basketball, but we say that about, you know, baseball, they police their own sport there. They've got their own set of unwritten rules. Hockey, they police their own sport. And then when it gets to the point where you don't want them to police their sport by throwing a baseball, I like how all these people are like, yeah, throw the baseball at him. <laughs> Meanwhile, I find that pitchers who do that on a normal, regular basis is cowards when you throw the baseball As a hitter, I don't get to do anything to you. Now we're going to be like, yeah, go out there and beam those guys. They deserve that. Yes, Tom.
1: It may also be distracting enough for the Astro hitters wondering when that plunk that may or may not come ever Mm -hmm. happens. Imagine every time you come to the plate, you think this may be the one where they're going to send the message to me.
2: All right. We'll get to uh, more phone calls coming up in the final hour. We'll also talk to Jason Kendall. He's a former all-star catcher. And, you know, Jason brings up an interesting point. If I'm the catcher and I hear this banging, and I see these guys teeing off on my pitcher, at what point do I as the catcher say, hey, the next one's coming right at your head if you don't stop this? You know, the whistling that was going on. Now, that's more subtle, but when you start to hear the whistling, all I want to know is after the sound, what happens on the next pitch? Because it felt like the Astros did quite well after a whistle, or after banging on the garbage can. But as a catcher, i got to say something. We'll talk to Jason Kendall, who I think is fourth on the all-time hit-by-pitch list. That's not a list you want to be on, by the way. I think it's Ron Hunt, Don Baylor, Craig Biggio, and then Jason Kendall. But the over-under on hit-by-pitches with Astros batters in Vegas is 83-and-a-half. 83-and-a-half. Ouch final hour coming up
0: podcast one has some exciting news it's official our shows are now available on spotify and it's free we want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcasts and joining spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us if you're already listening to music on spotify you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place if you're not on spotify yet all you have to do is download the free app that's right no credit card necessary and simply search for our shows to start listening